as you might have heard me say just a few minutes ago, that um, there are times when you get ready to go on vacation or get ready to go. Uh, maybe you've got a new project that you're getting ready to do on on your job. Uh, I know some. There's we got landscapers, we've got fishermen, we've got uh, uh, corporate workers, we've got business people that uh, you know you're in the realm of business. We've got uh, our government offices, and and really. You've, if, I don't know about you, but any time that there's something new or a new thing coming or something you're going to do or something that's very life-changing, it's always better to get planned or get prepared for that ahead of time. And uh, one of the places that many of us don't live in, and that's in the realm of margin, and uh, how many are the late folks here? You show up and you just, you're right on time about 10 minutes late. Let me see all of our hands in here this morning. Most of you don't want to admit that, but uh, uh, that's where most of the world lives and uh, a lot of times, if, if we're honest with ourselves, we've all shown up late somewhere and got to a place where uh, we just wish we were there a little bit early or maybe a little bit more prepared so that we could experience the whole thing of what we were looking for. And it might have got us in trouble. Not only might have got us in trouble, it might have just missed out. Anybody ever missed out before? Well, I want to make sure that you don't miss out. I don't want to make sure that you don't miss out on something that God's doing here at Coastal Family Church, has been doing it since the beginning of the year. And as he stepped into our lives at the beginning of this year and we walked into this world of the world of generosity, that's our target this year. That's our realm. That's our uh, purpose. That's what we're looking to do. We're, We're constantly looking for ways that we can challenge ourselves as individuals to be generous. And we found out that to do that, you can't do that correctly or the most more, with the most power or the most results or fruit until you know how generous the God is that's serving you, that you're serving and you're calling, He's calling you to do that. And I want to take the time today and really introduce you to a God that has prepared us as believers with gifts and callings and offices and, and, and all the different tools that are necessary for us to grow and to mature and to prosper and to move forward in his kingdom. And there's really not a whole lot left out if we just look into the scriptures and just find out how big a God of planner was he when he saw you going to be here today on Sunday morning. Do you know he planned for you to be here this morning? He was expecting you to get here. He started planning for you to be here 2,000 years ago, got ready for you so that you would have an opportunity to just really kind of come into contact and have an encounter with him Sunday morning on the 21st of May. He wanted to make sure that you encountered something called the goodness of God so that when you come in, you walk out and you experience so much more. And the reason I'm saying that is because I want to go back to just kind of a couple of things that we said at the beginning of the year. And I want to maybe give you what I'm going to call today, if we title this message, a jump start. I want to jump start you into something that I believe that all of us can, be, can relate to. How many in this room have ever known somebody that uh, maybe were diagnosed with something terminal? And the outcome of that didn't happen the way you expected it to. Let me see your hands this morning. All of us have. And how many of us have ever questioned God and wondered why things happen? If you're not asking questions, you're not moving forward. Let me just tell you. 
God's okay with you asking questions. He's okay with you asking him the tough questions. That's why they're tough, because you can't answer them, but he can. And so, as we begin to look into where we are right now, today, as a church, we started this year off by making just a couple quick statements, and I'm going to read them to you again. We said that when we come together corporately, we make an atmosphere, an avenue for God's supernatural to manifest in our lives. Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3, reads this way. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And he says, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. And I like the term of that because he says he commanded it. God doesn't mess around when he commands something. He just doesn't throw it out there just to see, maybe this will work. No, he says, when people come together in unity and people come together under one thought, one mind, one expectation that's not been perverted and not, not been controlled and not dictated, but they come under one heart, one mind. Anybody remember the story of the Tower of Babel? When people come to that place where they're in unity, the Bible says he will command, not death, he says, I'm going to command blessing. And the word blessing says, I'm going to command and empower that people, those people, to prosper financially is one for sure. But ultimately, there's more emphasis on this word. I'm going to empower those people to be blessed, to increase physically. If you study the word out, you'll see there's more emphasis on the empowerment for your body to be made whole, to be made well. Your body's not meant to stay sick. Uh, there's questions we had to ask in that realm, and we'll talk about it here in just a few minutes. But, but listen to me. Your God, my God, the God that we all are trying our best to get to know every day is in the business of supernatural healing and doing miracles in the lives of people if they'll just open up their maybe attention to how and when and where He's doing that and the avenues that He does that through. And so today I want to take you down, not the only one, not just one, but I want to take you down and introduce to you an avenue, a way, maybe a a spot or source where God steps in and does supernatural things. And you'll see that there's even definition to what these supernatural manifestations or things are in the Scripture. So many times we're leaving so much out there to just... Well, I just know maybe, you know, we're leaving things up to experience. And have we really gone in and found out what does he mean when he says, I'll do this? What does he mean when he says, this is what I want to do? And then sometimes you've got to ask, okay, what is it you want to do? And once you find out what is it you want to do, how does he bring those things to pass in the lives of us? The most powerful way that God works in all of our lives... I've got to be a steward of my time today. There's so much I want to prepare you for and get you ready for. But the most powerful way that God works in all of our lives is through the knowledge of the Scripture. Because the knowledge of the Scripture, the knowledge of the Word, is His will. You can't walk away from it. And, and the more you get into know and understand that Scripture, and the more you're willing to look into it and ask questions and, and dig through it and don't be afraid of it and don't say, hey, I can't understand it. It's on a fourth grade level. Most of us are beyond that. But it does take us digging in a little bit and maybe looking farther than maybe I've looked before is for us to come to a place where we kind of grow and mature and equip ourselves to maybe experience what it says I can experience. And I would be very honest to say that all of us, me included, there are times that we've really experienced a lot less than what we saw we could say I can experience. 
Am I right? I want to make sure that next week we're going to, there's going to be an amazing service that will happen here next week. I want to make sure that you don't limit yourself in the experience of what is coming and what could be. I want to prepare your ground and get you ready so that you can say, oh, okay, this might be this week. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to be sitting there. I don't want to be late. I don't want to miss it because I didn't prepare. I don't want to not be ready because for some reason I had other things come up, other responsibilities that really had no real meaning to my life, and it was just seemed to be the most beautiful day that we've had so far. we got a bunch more coming, so tell yourself that. It might be the most beautiful day next week, but there's a bunch more coming. I don't care if it's the best day ever. This might be one day you don't want to miss in going to a local church. This might be one day that if you know somebody that, that uh, is challenged even in the realm of physical, this might be a day that you do your work of ministry and invite them and bring them and say, hey, would you be willing to go to church with me today? It might be a day that takes up time that you've got. I want to help us see why. Look at this. We said this last week, or no, at the beginning of the year. We were inspired by the Holy Spirit on the first Sunday, as we moved into our fast, the second Sunday, third Sunday, and the fourth Sunday of January, and as we move farther into that fast, this is what we said, and I said it to you earlier, that we would see mountains that will be moved out of our lives that have been around for a long time. I'm not saying get rid of your husband, that's not what I'm talking about. Your marriage, your kids, your relationships, your job, your finances. And one of the areas that we said that most importantly might be is in the realm of physical health. You know, about three weeks ago, uh, I came down, I got, I got attacked, and that's how I look at it. It's an attack because I know it's not from God. God doesn't bring sickness on people. God doesn't make you sick to teach you something. Sickness is from the author of sickness, which is the devil, Satan himself. And if we learn how to walk by faith and respond and keep those things and resist, but a lot of times we spend a lot of time there, and you sometimes people just need what I call a boot in the butt or a jump start to start something that's not necessarily functioning the way you want it to, and that's what we'll do today. But you need to realize that sickness is not from God. And we kind of went down that road and prepared our heart and reminded ourselves, well, about three weeks ago I got attacked with, I haven't been this sick in years. I mean years. To where you can't get out of the bed for two days. And I'm just telling you, I did not have a good time doing that. Everything I wanted to do, I couldn't do. I couldn't have intimate relations with my wife. In our church, just so you know, if you see people do that, that means too much sharing. She wouldn't touch me. This went on, listen, not just through two days, this went on for ten days. That ain't happened in 25 years. Yeah. I touched her with my toe one night, and she about jumped out of the bed and slept with my dog. We've got to talk about the important things of life. 
I didn't enjoy it. I couldn't minister the thing that I'm passionate about. I couldn't, I couldn't respond to fire calls, which are very important to me, because of the ministry that's involved with that. I couldn't, I came to prayer and, and, and I, I, it just, it's miserable to be sick. Why would God want to make you miserable? It's not who He is. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. <clears throat> the scripture says, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Let's say that a couple times. Ready? Say, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Second time. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Stand up with me. I want you to read this scripture with me this morning. First John 5, 4, Amplified Translation. Ready? Let's read it. For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful and thankful that as we get ready to just get our hearts ready for the next wave and to go in the direction of miracles in the supernatural, working through this church and knowing that it's a dinner bell to call out to the community, we thank you that our faith <laughs> and persuasion in you is the determining factor of who, we, who you are. And the Bible says, according to your scripture... If we can believe, even the impossible is possible to the man that will believe. You can sit down. When you see the scripture and it says, For whatsoever is born of God is victorious over the world. The world to you is whatever is impossible to you right now. And the Bible says that you're victorious over that. The Bible says that you've conquered that. The Bible says that it's your faith that will conquer that. Your faith, according to the Scripture, is what you're persuaded in and what you believe in. Simply, here's faith. Faith is that you believe, you do what God's told you to do, and God will do what He says He will do. And so many times what we've done is we've allowed our, our experiences, a lot of different things that determine our beliefs, such as our, our relationships, our family. It's what grandma said. It's what my great-grandma always did. Well, we can't go over to this church because we've always been in this church and there's three people in that church. I'm not coming against church, I'm just coming against what we allow to determine how I think and how I believe. And so many times it's uh, what we've done is we've allowed our environment to determine what we believe. We allow social media to determine what we believe. You only got to watch the news a certain amount of time and before long you either... You, you, I don't care if it's uh, the most positive news ever. There's still enough to it that it influences your thoughts, it influences how you think. And you, listen to me, we cannot allow those, uh, those uh, 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 different environments and resources and social media and experience of other people to determine what I believe. And many people do. We all have. We have to settle ourselves to this truth and that you allow the Word of God, the Scriptures, is what determines what you believe. 
And if you try to allow anything else, I'm telling you, I have stood in front of people and sat down with people and I've read the Word to them and showed them what the Scripture says and they said, well, I don't believe that. That's not what my mama said. I can't help you. <laughs> Proverbs 4, 20-22. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those that find them. Here you go. And healing to all their flesh, one translation says. So through the word, through just hearing the word, healing can come to you. Emotionally? Spiritually? The moment you said, Jesus, I want you, Lord, you are spiritually set free at that moment. And the Bible says that he keeps his heart and his mind on me, on the Word. It says that, that there will be peace beyond all understanding. Let that guard your heart and your mind. And the reason I'm saying that is because when you ask this tough question, is it the will of God for all to be healed today? Absolutely it is. If I ask you the question, is it the will of God for all to be saved today? Go to hell or go to heaven? Which, what would you say? It is the will of God for all to go to heaven, all to be saved. But is everyone born again? Is there, Scripture calls it born again. Are you born again? Is everyone born again? Is everyone saved? What is the answer? No, because there's a choice involved. There's a will involved. And everyone has to come to that place where you make that will and that choice. Well, there's no different in the subject of divine healing. The Bible says it is a will of God for all to be well. And the moment you start to accept that and receive that and make that something that you believe, not on someone else's experience, is the moment that that power begins to work in your life. And we haven't even got to where we need to be today. Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 13. We're not going to read all of that. I just, I need to stir your faith and get you putting your faith in the right thing. This is when the leper came to Jesus. And we've taught on, we teach on the subject of healing and divine healing at least once, if not twice a year, because it's one of the, you know, well, I don't want to see a show of hands of this, but let me just say most of you in here are dependent upon some kind of form of pill. It's good. Don't stop taking this, it. keeping you alive. Keeping you sane. Keeping your head in the right order. Whatever it is. But you don't have to depend on it forever. My point is, listen to me. The, the leper came to Jesus and he said, the Lord, this was kind of the statement. He says, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. You can read this for your own self down the road. He says, look, if, if, if you will to make me well, I know you can so the question wasn't whether he could. All of you believe God can, but you're wondering if he will. And Jesus' response, where you base your belief, what you're persuaded in, not all these other things we mentioned, Jesus' response, this is just one, I can give you a hundred and some. And Jesus' response, out of the New Living Translation, I don't care what translation you read, they all say the same, in the same form. It says, of course I will, be thou healed. And Jesus was the will of the Father in action. He did nothing that wasn't the will of God, his Father. And so if, if it's the same for them, if it was this man, the, 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 the leper, we have to ask ourselves something, is it the same for me? Malachi 3.6 For I am the Lord God, I change not. Acts 10.34 <laughs> You can read this yourself, big scripture there. It says, God is no respecter of persons. So what he did for one... 
He's going to do for you. So the reason I said all that is simply to get us to this one spot. I want to read this. 1 John 3.8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. He actually, literally, shattered the power of the enemy over your life. He does not like the devil messing with his children. And we're settling and we're letting the devil mess with us. We want to come to this place where I realize that my God wants me healed. He wants me well. He wants me prospering. He wants me blessed. And He commanded it into my life. And one of the ways that you can initiate this blessing into your life is through the power of unity. Two or more are gathered together as touching anything. What does the Bible say? So you don't even know. You should know. The Bible says we're two or more touching anything. All you need is someone to come alongside you. And the Bible says, I will do it. Not maybe. Not tomorrow. Not, not, not some soon. But no, I will do it. What are you basing your belief on? I want to read this to you. God never tells us to do something we can't do. Faith is simply doing what He told us to do and then expecting Him to do what He said He would do. Here's some examples. Noah built the ark. God flooded the earth. Moses stretched out the rod. God parted the waters. Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho. Who pushed them down? God pushed them down. Elijah smote the waters. God parted them. Elisha threw the stick in the river and God made the iron to swim. <laughs> and he goes on to say, Naaman dipped seven times and God healed the leprosy. Go to Mark chapter 16 if you've got a Bible with you real quick. Mark chapter 16. <clears throat> Everybody doing alright? Have I got your attention yet? Mark chapter 16, 15 through 18. Carson, I'm in a King James Bible. And he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, say signs, shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And the Bible says that they shall recover. So here we go. God's told you and I that anybody go into all the world, if I lay hands on the sick, the Bible says that they will recover. Your response might be, well, that's Jesus. Look at the book of Acts, real quick. Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 8. The head man in that part of the island was Publius. He took us into his home as his guest, drying us out, putting us up in fine style for the next three days. If you have a chance, you can read ahead of this. This is when Paul was shipwrecked, washed up to shore, and this is when he grabbed those sticks and he put his hand in and the viper bit him and he shook that off and they thought he was a god because he shook that off and he says, I'm not a god, I'm just Paul. 
And so here you go, you're in this very next step. This is the guy that took them in that day to help them, and here's what happened. I want you to see that the laying on of hands is not just for Jesus, it's not just for old times, it's for you and I today and the time that we live in. Look what happened to Paul. Publius' father was sick at the time, down with a high fever and dysentery, and Paul went to the old man's room, and when he laid hands on him and prayed, the man was healed. Word of the healing got around fast, and as soon as everyone, and soon everyone on the island who was sick came and got healed. Did he say one or two people? No. Listen to me, guys. When you start working and functioning in the promises of the Word of God, and you start seeing those things work in your life, people are going to know, want to know why. And people are going to want to be introduced to the goodness of God. For years, though, I have seen in the realm of the supernatural of divine healing in people's lives, because I get it, you're living life. Many of you are doing the walk of faith. Many of you are believing and speaking and doing all the right things when it comes to how to walk and live faith. That is hear and believe, and then you're speaking the Word of God. And, you, and, and some of you have been waiting for years for something to show up in your life. And I found out that just through the years of experience of just being around this, that sometimes there is a place place where you need a jump start. Where's my jump starter? <clears throat> now I'd like somebody to come up here and grab the hot and the negative and let's see how much power you got. <clears throat> you might not be aware of what this is, but this is really a jump start power pack is what I call it. It's just a power pack. And if I'm on the road and I don't have another car around me, my battery is dead for some reason, all I've got to do, there's a power in this, enough in this unit to just connect it up, and it will jumpstart me enough to get going. And sometimes, you know, if you've ever, anybody ever here experienced a dead battery in your car? Right? What happens to a dead battery when it's dead? And I might have a, and again, it might have a dead cell in it, but the God that I serve is in the raising dead things to life. So it might have a dead cell in it, but let's say there's not a dead cell in it. Let's just say that it just was drained of its power, but the power's still there. There's power still in the battery. It just needs a connect to another power, another source of power to jump it. And then what happens, which is really cool if you understand motors a little bit, there's this thing called the alternator, and that thing gets going. And what does that do? That keeps it charged up. But you, sometimes you need a jump to get to that spot. Sometimes over the course of the years that I've seen, especially in this realm of divine healing, you need a push. You need a jump start. You need something to connect you to the power that is already existing. You need a power to come in and push you into a realm where you can reinstitute or restart what was already working. <laughs> it just happened to me the other day. I had a board meeting, matter of fact. And we didn't have a whole lot of margin. And I get out there, and it's not turning over. Now, I didn't have a pack, I didn't have a jump start, but I did have a car that barely worked. It wasn't moving, and I had to push this car to it, connect it up the pattern. Same principle. I just connected it to another power source that gave me the jump start that I needed, and the thing's still running today. Next week, we're going to give you a jump start. 
or bringing in a guest minister that functions in a realm of laying hands on the sick. It's a call of his. It's an office that he fulfills, and it gives people a jump start. And if there's anything that you know about anybody that's terminal or not necessarily working in their life, I don't care if it's emotional, physical, or whatever it is, this might be a day that you come because we're bringing in a power source, not the individual itself. That's why I shared all of that in the beginning. The power source is God. But God takes these power source and places gifts and callings on different people, offices, to help them function into a realm. It's called actually equipping the saints. You'll be familiar with this in Ephesians. We won't go there. But in Ephesians, there's a five-fold ministry gift the Scripture mentions. Ephesians chapter 4, for your reference later. You got the past, you got the apostle, pastor, teacher, uh, evangelist, and there's, there's one more. I got out of order, so I lost my order. The fivefold ministry gift, one of those ministry gifts is the evangelist. And the evangelist brings in, the, if you look at the word term evangelist, we, we many times from religious looking at an evangelist, we look at it's that hellfire brimstone guy and he comes up and he's getting 150 people born again and, and then he makes a mess in your church and then you don't know what to do for a couple weeks. But the biblical definition of an evangelist is one, a messenger of good news. And so if you jump right on over, if you want to go there with me, I'm going to take you there right now, kind of move away from that. But the Bible says that that five-fold ministry gift, five-fold offices, are for equipping and perfecting of the saints so that you can grow. And the Bible says that as we're growing and when we all begin to do those different parts and function where we're supposed to function, the Bible says it causes growth. And when you step into and look at the life of Jesus, Jesus taught, He preached, and He healed. He did those three things. He taught, He preached, and He healed. Preached, taught, healed. Usually kind of reverse those back and forth. And every single time, He drew a crowd. And every single time there was growth after. You go to the book of Acts, and they begin to, and they were filled with the power of God. Every single time you begin to see a jump start of the healing power of God from the day of Pentecost on, you can see that the church grew from that moment. We're at the pinnacle of a wave, Coastal Family Church, to have a jump start into the realm of the supernatural of divine healing so that this crazy Stuff of the devil making people sick and taking their life way too soon. If anything, it's going to stop at this point. In some people's lives that will give their attention to this. I want to take you into 1 Corinthians. i got just a little bit more of your time. I want to amplify this just a little bit more to you. Here's what we're doing. I am preparing you to know what's coming next weekend. And then two days after. I'm preparing you to know what this weekend is, but I'm only confirming what God's already been doing for the past five months. Every week we have come together, almost maybe give or take one or two here and there, we have shown you testimony. How many were here for the weekend of Dare Challenge? Did you know you've been sowing into that ministry? Was those stories, did they touch your heart? How many were here for Mother's Day? Let me see your hands. Did you know that about those girls that came up here? Huh? We've got Missy here in the back. She was given cancer reports. We've got Denise here on the front row. Cancer reports. And they're free of cancer. 
Listen, listen. I know you're clapping. Listen. That's not just telling you because it just happened and maybe they got to do a little bit more. No, it's done. God's not stopped the world of doing miracles and supernatural. We stopped believing for them. Because of experience of, of other people. What's on the social media, which is a pit of hell at some point. Now, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, Mike. I think social media is the biggest, greatest tool of the, other than the local church that God's got working in His favor right now. If we utilize it in the right way. Just saying. Instead of airing out all your junk on Facebook, won't you air out the goodness of God? 1 Corinthians, and how much He's doing for your life, instead of whining and babbling and complaining and drawing attention to yourself and doing a million selfies all day long. Nobody cares. I'd probably be fired from school for saying that, Eddie, if I was a teacher. I hate selfies. It's so... I'm like, why? The word, it's defined selfie. That's selfish. <laughs> I don't care. Wait, where's my phone? I've got to do a selfie. You can't do that without wanting some people to see what. <laughs> Your motive is wrong. 1 Corinthians 12, and, and I've got to move right along. And I'm going to try to do something here in about two minutes just to help you get ready for what we're doing next week. I want you to see this. It's very powerful. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 31, all of that chapter, you can go read it for yourself. I won't do that to you today. The very first statement you see here, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant, which means you can be. You cannot know or interpret wrong. And that's what was happening with this bunch of people. And Paul took the time to say, look, there are spiritual gifts, not just fivefold. There's gifts that you have, spiritual gifts. In, in other words, I, you know, the, you might be a good, I don't know, fisherman. You might be a good surfer. You might be good at whatever you're good at. That's a gift probably from God. Quit trying to be everybody else's gift and be what you are and what you're called. But God's also brought along tools or other gifts to come alongside us to help us in this spiritual walk to grow and mature us, which is really the fivefold ministry. But now He takes these spiritual gifts that, again, we call them the supernatural ministry gifts. If you look at the Scripture, that's what's being defined. These are, again, to come alongside and help us jumpstart us into some things. So if you look at this verse here and go down to verse... Um, um, now there are diversities of gifts, I'm in 4 through 6, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Go down to verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. I mean King James Carson, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't find my New Living Bible. Somebody stole it. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine that, stole the Bible. No, really, I probably just misplaced it. It says, And God has set some in the church, first apostles, second daily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, should be translated working of miracles, then the gifts of healing, there's an S on that, gifts of healing, helps governments and diversities of tongues. 
Most fall into the realm of the word help. But he says, look, these are spiritual gifts that I've placed in the church. And what these do is these begin to help us grow. And he says, covet and earnestly these best gifts. And he says, do, do all have every gift? You can read it yourself. He says, no. But there are gifts that different people have that God places on people. Just like you are good at one thing and I'm good at one thing. I'm pastor teacher. It's what I do. I pastor people and I can teach people. That's what. I, if I stay in that realm, I'm good. If I try to be an evangelist, I'm going to mess things up. If I try to go, uh, you know, be an attorney, be a judge, I'm going to mess things up. It's not what I'm called to do. And when you get into your place of office, and that's what you see here, what happens is there's a very powerful thing that begins to happen. People grow and people prosper. People get blessed. Next week, we're bringing in an evangelist. Two offices that he functions in, and I've known him for almost 35 years now. One that he functions in is in the realm of working of miracles and the gifts of healings. It's not unscriptural. It's not something that's just woo-woo and supernatural. It's not like six-week revival coming. This is a jump start for someone. This is what's been happening for the past four or five months in a lot of different ways. This is just another addition to help us push ourselves into the realm of supernatural divine healing. It's like water. <laughs> it's like we all, you know, water in and of itself, you can't live without it. You've got to have it. Am I right? Okay, if you don't drink and you don't get enough of it, which most of you drink pop anyway, you should drink this. But it's beneficial. You know, but it comes in a lot of different forms, and one of those forms is, is in the form of rain. Rain is good. Rain comes in, and, and, and what rain does is waters our ground and gets it ready, and the Bible defines rain as the rains of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and that kind of happens every time we get into worship together. Water comes in the form of hell. We don't like hell. Hell can be destructive. Water can come in the form of snow. Now, snow is beautiful, but I lived in it for years, and I hate it. All those pictures you see about the Christmas picture and all that, you need to see it one time, that's it. You're better off looking at the magazine. All right? Water can come in the form of ice. Come on now, a good glass of iced tea, not a beer, good glass of iced tea. Just thought I'd dig right there. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Water can come in the form of steam. Steam gives us power, propels us forward. Steam can give you a jump start. Steam can get the wrinkles out of your clothes. Once I put this shirt on, I never sit down at church. Just watch me. I don't want the wrinkles. I don't even sit in my office. Gets the wrinkles out. But steam can burn you too. Hmm? Comes in the form of frost. Comes in the form of clouds. But it's all the same water. God is the same God doing the miracles. But he's brought us a lot of different things in the scriptures to help us get the benefit of everything about him. You have five-fold ministry gifts. You have gifts. You have supernatural ministry gifts. People that function in that realm. 
That's the realm that they, that's what they do. They think, breathe, eat, and sleep. They're praying for you. I talked to this gentleman yesterday, a good friend of mine. They're praying, Lord, lead me to the people where you want to do your supernatural in. Let me define these two things for you, and then I'm going to let you get up and get out of here, okay? Manifest gifts of healing. Here's what is defined in the scriptures. Maybe you can find and relate to this. Maybe you know somebody that this is who they are. The Bible just said, I've given these gifts in the body of Christ so that you don't have to have these things. Manifestations of the power of God in the sphere of disease. Working of miracles. Supernatural manifestation of the power of God that alters, suspends, in some other way, controls, controls the laws of nature. This is what God wants to do for you. He wants to jumpstart many lives of people into the realm of the supernatural now and next week. He's been doing it all year. But now it's just another addition to what he said he was going to do. Stand up with me this morning.